Hello and welcome to Voice of the Soul Empowered Living Podcast. Tonight's topic is mastering relationships. With Valentine's Day being just around the corner, relationships become a huge topic of conversation. I wanted to pare this down in two different podcasts so that we're dealing with relationships in general, the energy around relationships, around all types of relationships. And then secondly, probably next Tuesday, I will record a podcast dealing with personal relationships. But tonight I want to deal with conversations regarding all energy around all relationships that pass through our life. Many, many different types of relationships that influence us in different ways, how we can use our potential in a positive way to make sure we're not impacting the world negatively by who we bring into the world ourselves and how we respond to other people. We can't necessarily control what anybody else has to say, but we certainly can control our response to what someone else has to say or do. That's easier said than done oftentimes. And so tonight we're going to talk about that, how important it is to understand the power relationships have in our life and how to make sure we're not giving our power away and being controlled by the relationships that we're in and bringing the best possible energy from us into those that are in our world. Before we get started, I want to make a couple of announcements because they're exciting and we're really, really happy to be able to offer new information, even though it's not all put into place. Uh, first of all, we will have a website up and running hopefully in a month. The address on that website is going to be www.voiceofthesoul.world. Yes, dot world. I love it. And um, we have to put that together. So that's still in the making. We have also, I should say, Chris, my husband, has been working really hard to make the podcast accessible in various different places. Uh, they are now up and running in iTunes. You can do a Google search under Voice of the Soul. You just have to make sure that you add my name in there. And I am Lenny. And um, if you put me in there and you do a search, you should be able to pull us up under Voice of the Soul in the um, iTunes podcast area. So they have a podcast app right on your phone. So just click on it and you can search it. Or you can come here to Podbean, which helps us a lot, by the way. And first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you to those who have um, started to follow us technically. Uh, I don't know how it's working yet. We're still learning. We've only been doing this for about two months at the most, and we don't have a lot of time to spend quite yet, but we are diving in as we can. But I am aware of people following, and I'm very grateful. I also am aware that some people have left comments, which we're trying to figure out how to get comments and respond to comments, and I promise that I will do that as soon as we figure out how to do it through Podbean. And the one thing that we are really relying on uh, is for those of you who are listening to use your social media in order to forward out the Podbean site and ask people to listen, to follow, to share, to like, to comment. We want to grow and we want to be able to share this information with the world. We're living in a time where the energy that we share as far as who we are and what we believe and bonding together in a positive 
uh, unity of light and higher consciousness is critical to mass consciousness in the world. If you can send this information out to others and they will send it out to others and so on and so on, you'll be making a positive difference and helping us make a positive difference. Uh, it's, it's very, very important for a whole bunch of reasons that you'll get to know, but I appreciate so much those of you who have already started listening and following and sharing. I am being um, coerced uh, gently by my husband to consider putting together a Facebook page, which is really hard for me for a bunch of reasons, even though I know that I am asking you to share this on your Facebook page. If we do a Facebook page, we will announce it here and we'll send you details. Uh, I would love to have those of you who are interested to contact me personally for information regarding seminars that are going to be coming up in Minnesota, uh, just west of the cities or around the cities. We're going to be doing hopefully a seminar once a month and getting to some really um, practical application so that you can get in touch with the voice of your soul. The goal of this whole podcast really is to share information that I intuitively feel is streaming from beyond this earth plane that is available for me to share with you and with those that you'll share it with and to anyone else who is guided here and willing to listen. I have no desire whatsoever to do battle with or convert anybody else's belief systems, but it is my goal to share what I hear from the other side and the divine ones who will ask me to share information to help. And the true goal is to help you be able to access that information directly so that you're streaming loved ones on the other side, guardians, guides, master teachers, anyone who you feel you can connect with in a divine realm. It can be Jesus, it can be Mary, it can be Buddha, it can be Gandhi, it doesn't matter. It just can be anyone that you can connect with. In the near future, we're going to actually be doing a podcast that we call Beyond the Veil, which is how to get in touch with your loved ones on the other side. I'm writing a book under the same title, it might be slightly amended. And then um, the whole goal is to share tools for you to be able to do that. The meditations are really, really an important connection to the actual message of the podcast because the meditations will take you on a deeper journey to connect with the wisdom so that it sinks into a deeper place that you can access. You don't have to be awake. You can go right to sleep while you're listening to the meditation. It seriously is an advantage to absorbing the information if you're doubting anything to just go to sleep and let it reach your super conscious slash spiritual mind so that it can guide you during your waking hours. This topic is probably one of the most important topics we're going to run into most of the time because we can't help but be in and around people, whether it's our children or our mates or our parents or our friends, work people, just people at large in the grocery store and movies, people, humans, we're all here sharing a part of this planet and everybody has a dynamic and the dynamics can be positive, they can be negative, they can be a combination of both. It's really important you understand for your sake and for those around you different aspects of how you respond and relate to other people, what you're trying to get 
or what you're trying to give. I don't know how many people out there might have read the Celestine Prophecy written by James Redfield. It was very, very big in the early 90s, um, 1990s, not 1890s. I'd be pretty old by then. In any event, Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield, excellent book. It's old, but it still is appropriately up to date when it comes to sharing how people's energies and their control dramas and who they are can impact others. It's a really fun book because it's technically fiction, although I think it is inspired by truth. It is technically a fiction book and it's an adventure novel, so it gives you something fun to listen to or to follow along to. It isn't as intense as, let's say, uh, Da Vinci Code, but for its day, it was very uh, adventurous. What I love about the book is he's taking the theory of these people who put people in categories in how they get energy. The belief is each one of us, although we are a spirit being, we are in a human body, we are made up of our own soul energy. And this soul energy, when it's pure and it's connected and it's spiritually on top of its most divine place, is a positive being. However, through many, many, many different things that have happened in our life, through parents, through other people of prominence, whether it's a teacher or someone that we maybe were in love with at some point. But over the course of our lifetime, we have created different behaviors in order to get energy, to get attention, to get what we want. And instead of using our most divine self, we have created what is called a control drama. And there are four categories. And the first category is called the poor me. It's someone who gets energy by being a victim, plays the role so intensely that you believe them initially and you feel bad for them and you want to fix them and you find yourself giving too much of your own self till at some point you're absolutely exhausted. And the poor me is a master of manipulation. They seem like they're the most hurt, so they're the easiest to want to reach out and help. And in some cases, yes, they've been through some kind of damage that have caused them to act like a, a victim. But I'm talking about the manipulative power of a poor me because control dramas are meant to gain control of the other person and get their energy so that you feel filled up. So a poor me isn't an authentic victim who needs to be helped. There are many people out there that we should help out of love, out of compassion, because they're fellow human beings. But people who use the poor me victim as a way to get attention, to get money, to, to get love, to control an environment, that's something altogether different. I am far more vulnerable to someone who plays poor me victim than I am to someone who plays the interrogator or the intimidator or one of the other control dramas that are more aggressive because you kind of see your enemies. You know, you see the people who are intense and edgy and, and bitchy or offensive, but poor me's are, are pretty stealth in most cases where they can get energy pretty easily. So that's one person. Everybody knows one. 
everybody has somebody who when they call or they want something or they email, you just go, oh no, I just don't want to pick up that phone because you know they want something. Whether it's your time, way too much of your time, or to just whine about how hard life is. Well, your life might be 10 times harder than theirs, but they are so focused on how hard their life is that they don't take time to think about what yours is like. The goal is to get, not to give. The second control drama is an aloof. An aloof is someone who absolutely just shuts down. You try to talk to them, you have something to say, you might be upset, they might have hurt your feelings, they might have done something that was not proper, and you start talking to them and they disappear like they're invisible but they're right in front of you. They disappear mentally, emotionally, and personally, like what you have to say doesn't matter at all and they just don't care. They aren't violent and they don't whine. They literally drop a wall between you and them and end of story, end of discussion, they're done. That kind of drama also gets attention. It looks like it's the most innocent because it doesn't have as many flagrant personality aspects, but it is really hard for people who are trying to resolve a problem or they're upset or they're sad or they're angry and they try to have a conversation with an aloof and the aloof basically takes the position of, don't bug me, I don't care right now. Or you're ticking me off and I don't want to give you any energy, so go away. Or they just turn and blank out like you're invisible and they're invisible, which is really hurtful when you're in a place where you're trying to communicate. It oftentimes happens that aloofs will pair up with um, interrogators, which is the next control drama, because interrogators are people who want to get to the bottom of a problem and they're incredibly aggressive about how they're going to do it. They say, this is the problem. I want to talk about it. I want to get to it. This is upsetting. And they just talk, 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 talk. And if they're paired with an aloof and the aloof drops the wall, all it does is create anxiety between the two of them. And they're each trying to get their own control in the situation so that they can in essence, win, win energy. If the aloof does not crack by being the least bit compassionate to the interrogator and the interrogator keeps riding the aloof or they're backed into a wall, they're at an impasse where nothing positive is going to happen. And so the best thing to do is to detach and disengage. And we're going to talk about that in a minute after I describe the last control drama. The last control drama is an intimidator. An intimidator is offensive, they're violent, they're rude, their whole process is the bully. We all know many intimidators and bullies are bullies are bullies. And intimidators love to prove that they have the power. And they do it in such a way that they actually will insult, intimidate, um, physically abuse, verbally abuse, Basically, they're not very nice people. And on the spectrum of power-monging, egoic megalomaniacs, uh, that is absolutely the definition of people that we know exist in power in the world right now. And those people are intimidators. And the only way we can break down an intimidator is to stand in our truth, grow in our spirit, not allow them in, and don't let them dictate our peace or our fear. 
because they have one desire and that's to literally become a vortex of sucking the life force out of everything that lives. And in most cases, you know an intimidator immediately. There are times that an intimidator can be incredibly charismatic, very successful, have a tremendous amount of power that people look up to because some people love to see powerful, successful people. And they don't even care if they've been abusive as long as they've got money and fame or whatever the case may be. But they are very, very, very dangerous people for your psyche. So if you're in that situation, you have to do everything you can to get out of it. Most often, which seems ironic, but true, an intimidator will pair with a poor me. So they both have this crazy energy dynamic where a poor me plays victim, the intimidator creates the victim, and then the poor me perpetuates their victimness, which in, irritates the intimidator, and then that abuse goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Kind of like the interrogators and the aloofs will pair up. What's really helpful is to decide who you are. You know, which one of those dynamics do you turn into when you feel like you're empty or void of your own true spiritual power because we all have it we got it when we were a kid we developed it as a child especially if we were in families that had multiple children so if we had a sibling who already filled the role of poor me we may become the aloof if we had a sibling who was an interrogator we may become the poor me. It's all about how we get attention from our parents initially or people of power in our life as a kid that we develop these dynamics. And as we grow, the dynamics get bigger and bigger and more dangerous and more dark in our life. Finding out who you are helps you learn how to correct it because it's driven by the personal ego, which is the one thing we came here to master. The personal ego will pick a control drama and it will use it and it will use it to destroy relationships that are positive. Even if we don't mean to, we will alienate the very people that we want to have energy from. The other aspect of it is knowing that it hurts other people. And so if we can see what it is in us, as soon as it happens, we can pull out and we can also protect ourselves. So there's two things that are involved in this mastering relationships topic. One is to disengage, and that word should just be seared in your brain, disengage. Any conflict, any communication, any dialogue, any personal contact that doesn't even have dialogue, but it's hurting you by being present, disengage. If disengage means walking away, driving off, going to neutral corners, then disengage that way. One thing I'll warn here though is aloofs should never disengage by walking away and tuning out someone who's trying to talk to them because the very aspect of tuning them out is an aloof behavior. So you have to find a more respectful way to disengage by clearly saying this is not very constructive for either one of us. So let's talk about it later when we both come from a more positive place. That's the best way to handle it always anyway. But when you're in the heat of the moment, you have to realize that the fire inside is activating the fire being the ego fire inside, activating the control drama. 
So I talk with my hands, and if you could see me right now, my hands are flying all over the place. Unfortunately, I can't show this to you, so hopefully you can visually see it. You put your hands out as far as you can to the left and to the right. And that's usually about three feet away from your body. Then you put it above your head, and that's about two to three feet above your head, and then an imaginary under your feet and the shape of an egg. So you're inside an oval, you yourself inside an oval. You have this shield around you that is egg-shaped. That shield is what I'm going to explain in a second that needs to be activated, developed, and strengthened so it's impervious to control dramas in giving, dishing them out and also in tanking them in. Now inside the egg is you, and surrounding you is all this powerful light that comes through the top of the egg, going straight up into the heavens as far as you can imagine deep into space. This huge beam of white light, like a stream of white light coming straight down from as deep into space as you can see through the top of your egg, fills your egg up and then creates a really thick exterior around the oval. That's your shield. Visualizing that, you can even draw it on a piece of paper. I'm a stick person drawer, so if I was doing a, a service or a seminar, I would right now have a stick person inside an oval. And inside that oval with that stick person is all this light that is coming from the other side that is trying to guide and protect the person that's inside the oval. On the outside of the oval is everybody else. And everybody else should really have their own energy field and do have their own energy field, but I mean in a positive way. So running around the world, everywhere life exists, and even animals have an auric field. It's called an auric field. It's A-U-R-I-C, field, like uh, where grass grows or hay is, is grown. A field of light and that auric field means your personal energy, which is your aura that glows around you. You can use it in explaining when you meet someone who is super vibrant, they walk into a room, there's something that glows around them that is very, very um, energetically attractive. It doesn't have to be that they're physically attractive. They can have this amazing charisma and not be physically attractive. And you're attracted to the charisma because that's their energy. And that's a beautiful thing that usually radiates outside of their oval and fills up a space because they're actually sharing their light. The same can be said for someone who has really rotten energy. They walk into a room and it's like a cloud flooded into the room, a dark gray, mattery, icky cloud. And in the inside that person's aura, there is like, a dark fog, and then that spills outside of their egg-shaped energy, and it's just meandering around the room waiting to have a conflict. So the important thing to understand is we're dealing with relationships daily. Our response to them is in our control. How somebody else responds is not in our control, but what is in our control is our response. So the first thing you want to do if you're in a situation where you don't feel safe or you feel like you're going to get activated, 
and activated means you're about ready to flip the switch to your control drama on on high because there are people who know how to trigger us and usually our kids our parents and our mates are the best at triggers although we can have friends and co-workers and you know other people outside of our circle who can trigger us it's usually people who are closer in our life so the first thing you want to learn is how to do what is called shields up shields up is you're coming into a space where you know you're going to get triggered and the switch is going to go up so you actually see yourself enveloped in that egg inside that egg surrounded by light with the source of that light coming from beyond way into space into the universe into the other side where all the divine energy is trying to reach us then if you come in contact with someone and you feel activated and the the flip has been switched then you have to do what's called disengage that is literally cutting a cord that attaches you to that person and disengaging is turning away energetically, sometimes physically, but shutting down what's about to erupt. We connect with other people as bizarre as it's gonna sound in what's called the solar plexus, which is right at your navel area in your abdomen, in your abdominal area. If you ever feel sick around somebody and it's perpetually nauseating to be around somebody, chances are their energy is pretty dark because they throw off a gray matter that is affecting what is our intuitive center. It, the solar plexus is where we pick up energy. A lot of energy is picked up in the abdominal area. It's where we can protect ourselves, but it's also where we attach to people. Oftentimes we are literally connected to another human by a cord look at it like an umbilical cord of a baby with its mother but it's us as an adult with a big umbilical cord connected to someone else if it's someone negative then they're draining life force right from our body and they're draining it taking it right into themselves you can cut that cord by using a chainsaw scissors a laser anything you want to in your mind cut the cord and say to yourself disengage and your shields go up and then you're in a place where you can protect yourself. I'm going to use quotes because I like quotes to, as I've said before, accentuate a topic, accentuate a sentence, an idea that hopefully you'll remember even if you don't remember the content of what I'm saying. I know these are really deep subjects and I'm talking through them pretty quickly and some of it I'll clarify as we move on during the podcast and the next podcast will be more about interpersonal relationships that are more intimate but this is about any relationship mastering relationships is about mastering yourself and that's the truth when we master ourselves we master the relationship because we can master what our, our response is and it won't hurt us I'm not going to say that somebody saying something cutting or somebody cheating on us or somebody breaking a promise or where there's a betrayal or a, an infidelity or a number of things that could happen that it isn't excruciatingly painful. But how we take that and what we do with it and how we respond is what matters. Because if we allow that to be our truth and that person to hold that power over us in pain, in lack of forgiveness, in not moving forward, in conflict, in whatever the case is, 
we're just hurting ourselves. Little by little by little, we die every day that we give a piece of us away. So you just don't allow it. You just realize that in order for you to be the best steward of spiritual energy that you can share in this world, you have to take care of you first, how you respond, how you fill up. The first quote is by Tom Robbins. It's kind of long. In fact, some of these are kind of long. When we're incomplete, we're always searching for somebody to complete us. Each of us are responsible for our own fulfillment. Nobody else can provide it for us. To believe otherwise is to program eventual failure in every relationship we enter. So when we're incomplete, we're searching for somebody to complete us. We're not coming into a relationship out of wholeness. We're coming into a relationship out of need. I've said this in counseling many, many, many times is when we discover a relationship, when we're in deep need, we connect in neediness. That person probably quote needs us and we probably quote need them. And I don't mean need in a positive way, you know, cause I do believe we can need someone in our life that can be positive but I'm talking the parasitic neediness where there's a hole in us and we think that we're going to be happier if we have a significant other, which is the first open door to a dysfunctional relationship, to even an abusive relationship. I need someone. Doesn't matter who they are as long as I'm not alone. I can't tell you how many people I have counseled who have been in abusive relationships who choose to stay there because they're afraid to be alone. They would rather be abused than be alone. And that is so sad. It's sad because it absolutely disrespects the soul that we are and it stops our forward path. It stops our soul path and it blocks the true love that is waiting to manifest in our life. That's one of the biggest things I try to tell people is when we're in a dysfunctional relationship because we're afraid to be alone, we are blocking someone else from coming into our world who is better for us because we've settled. We've settled for something inferior because we're afraid to be alone. And nobody can really make us happy if we're not feeling connected and happy on our own. As difficult as that may be, we have to find a sense of ourself that is whole so that we attract someone out of wholeness and not out of emptiness. This is a great quote by Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote all the conversations with God. The purpose of relationship is not to have another who might complete you, but to have another with whom you might share your completedness. It's a really important thing, whether you're discussing that as a relationship personally or a friendship is to have someone in your life who you can share your completedness, the wholeness of you, your inspiration, the things that you believe in, how you believe you can help the world, where you can team up and become this positive connection together. Not just going around trying to find somebody to plug the hole in your own soul to feel like I'm so empty. I need to find someone who will complete me. You really want to find someone you can share the completed you with. It's a totally different concept. Here's a quote by a guy named David Viscott. The highest love a person can have for you 
is to wish for you to evolve into the best person you can be. It's really similar to the road less traveled where he talks about the highest ideal of love is to be able to help another person find their spiritual soul path, to believe in someone's spiritual essence, not romantic love, not fireworks, not crazy physical attraction, but deep spiritual connectivity where you bring out the best in each other on a soul level. And that, you know, it's really, really important that you know that that is a high ideal of manifesting love. It's one of the only ones that will hold love together when things start to break because it's the only thing that's true is if it's made in a heavenly concept of spirituality, and I don't mean heaven as in a biblical heaven, but in whatever you conceive as a deep spiritual manifestation, if the relationship is brought together with spiritual understanding or spiritual desire to grow and you're nurturing that in each other, be it friendship or as I said, intimate relationship, then it will bond in a really strong way and you'll bring out the best in each other. And you'll really be showing the greatest love for the person in your life, whether it's your child or your parent or your mate or siblings by wanting to see them achieve their highest, best evolved self. Oftentimes, especially when we're broken, we attract such dark energy that we're living in this subhuman reality and accepting so much less than we are. I can think back to my using days going on 33 years of sobriety where just being around addicts was my life. I was succeeding in other areas and so it wasn't so obvious to the world. But most of the core people I hung out with were pretty intense addicts or alcoholics. And so that consciousness that was around me was filled with dysfunction because most people who are addicts, whether they're alcoholics or drug addicts or addicted to porn or addicted to food or spending or um, anything else, even being addicted to another person, people who are truly compulsively, behaviorally, chemically addicted are living in a, in a darker consciousness. And even if they're kind, amazing, wonderful people, which they can be, they still have this dark energy that is around them. And as we pull that energy towards us out of neediness and having someone in our life, instead of us completing ourselves through our own spiritual growth, we become that which we're around and we manifest that negativity. And before long, our life starts to fail and we don't know why. We lose things we love, we lose people we love, we lose money, we lose our creativity, we lose everything because that's the consciousness we live in. But as soon as we choose to disengage and move away from that type of control drama so that we can live the true us, we're mastering our response to relationships, which is the most important. And once that happens, really wonderful things can happen and the door opens for us to meet, bond with and grow with people who have a better consciousness and a higher awareness about life and what they want to accomplish. 
This is a wonderful quote by a person named P.K. Jagadish. As you develop your feelings of self-worth, your strength will begin to purge out anything and anyone negative surrounding you. You will attract people that honor who you truly are and enhance your own positive energy. And it's true. It's changing the reality that we live in and what we will accept as the norm. It doesn't take much to turn on the TV and, and watch a show about addiction where you see how these people are living in absolute squalor. And they're people who at some point or another had a life. They had a family. They might have had a husband or a wife and children. And then they get to the point where they don't care about anything except the addiction itself. And they're living in, in, a, in a way that we can't even conceive of because we wouldn't choose to. But once they lose their empowered connection with their spirituality and the addict has taken over, they're living in a dense reality of dark, dark consciousness. And it's multiplied by how many other people are living in that same consciousness. So when we change and we choose not to be in environments or with people who can drag us into a dark place, we will bring people into our world who will honor who we are, who will be a part of supporting us as we become the better half of who we're supposed to be. Mastering relationships is mastering yourself. As you master yourself, you change the energy around you and you become a magnet for good and light and people to be present who are wonderful to be around, who will bring light into your world instead of sadness and emptiness and darkness. And before you know it, your whole world is changing because your consciousness is changing and it's huge. This is a obscure quote. So I'm going to explain it after I read it. It's by a woman named Christina Baldwin. Spiritual love is a position of standing with one hand extended into the universe and one hand extended into the world, letting ourselves be a conduit for positive energy. I do believe that when we have connected with our spiritual divine self, and we finally see that there is something really miraculous happening, awakening in us, and we've overcome the, the trials and the challenges of life, that we awaken to this self that wants to help, wants to help either individually or wants to help the world. And what we need to do at that point is extend a hand into the world to help. And when we reach our hand up into the universe, what we're saying is we would like help from the powers that be to fill us up. We're reaching our hand into the universe to receive that help and that guidance and that energy. And the hand that we're sharing down with the world is literally streaming the light that we're receiving from the divine plane. And we become a conduit for positive energy. And then we find our purpose, whatever it is to teach, to heal, to be, to take care of the world in some way, to take care of ourselves so that we become a positive conduit of light, even if it's with one person or if it's helping animals or it's helping the environment, there isn't a right way to help as long as you're listening and you're truly connecting to your spirituality. The voice of your own soul is going to tell you what you need to be doing. 
but it has to clear through all of the static of having negative relationships that keep us down. So we have to make choices where what we're receiving, we're reaching up into the heavens and asking for the guidance to pour through us so that we can share it with the other hand. And so I see that quote as being how I receive, I can give. If I stay connected to something divine in the universe, it will flow through me and touch another life because that's me being a conduit to that positive energy. And right now, that's what we all need to be is a conduit to the positive energy so we can break the patterns of being connected to destructive behaviors, addictions, addictions of all kinds, even codependency addiction to people and find our truest and highest self. It's a really powerful way to understand that you have something important to give. And as you find that you're mastering the relationship with yourself, which masters the relationship with others. This is a quote by mother Teresa. Go out into the world today and give love to the people you meet. Let your presence light new light in the hearts of the people. You don't have to be mother Teresa. You can be anybody who just gives a kind word to a server at a restaurant, to someone checking you out at the grocery store, to someone that you just happen to meet by giving someone a smile, by being able to say something complimentary. It is so easy. The whole concept of random acts of kindness, which became kind of a, a generic cliche thought actually works. It happens to me all the time. And I feel so blessed when it does that there are this, there's this divine synchronicity that creates a contact between me and someone else. And before I know it, they are in a place where they're asking for help that I can guide them to, or they're sharing a story that is deep and meaningful. And I feel really blessed that they trusted me with that story. So the point is, is that as you give a divine love, and I don't mean a personal love and a divine love doesn't mean you have to hug somebody. You don't have to touch anybody. It's a visual piece of your own spiritual energy as light. You can literally take a little handful of the light in your own auric field, roll it in a ball and in your mind, float it over to somebody else and see it enter their heart center and fill up their being. You can give light without ever touching anyone. You can see it in your mind's eye, sending a piece of yourself. And that's a positive thing. It's just that individual singular power of sending light to someone in need. And before you know it, you'll be helping more people without having to really do much except see a thought that comes from your mind and wish it to that person, a silent prayer, a silent blessing, seeing them in better conditions and sending it in your own mind to their mind, because maybe they can't see it yet. But that's one way that you can do it that I think mother Teresa meant by giving love to people that we meet or using our presence and our light to light the hearts of other people. And it isn't something that takes tremendous effort. It can strictly be something that you do by thanking someone for being really great at what they're doing as they help you with, like I say, waiting a table or checking you out at a register or any number of things. Just make a decision that today 
you're going to compliment somebody. And when the feeling hits you, then you say it. You just say it, whatever it is. Just some simple compliment, something thoughtful. And that's one way that you can deposit a light in someone's life that might otherwise have a dark hole in it. And that simple thing is the beginning. This is by a woman named Regina Malabago. You are bigger than your problem, stronger than your obstacles, and higher than your ego. You can make a difference because your soul is invincible. I love this quote. We are bigger than who we think we are because our soul is invincible. The whole concept of the voice of the soul is that every single person has one. Every person has a soul. And that soul is an animated, intense, amazing, powerful entity that exists in, through, and around us. And the goal is to connect with it so it can guide us, so we can hear it, so we can feel it. And maybe sometimes so we can see it. But to feel it is an energy where you feel surrounded by love and power and abilities and power in a positive way. It's empowered, being empowered to feel the soul and empowered to listen to the soul because it's invincible. So it makes us bigger than our problems. It makes us stronger than our obstacles. It makes us higher than our ego. It makes a difference because our soul is invincible. And one of the greatest ways to master relationships is to let the soul take over. No matter what the person or the problem, let the soul take over. Because the soul knows exactly what it needs to do to get us out of whatever hot water we may be in or whatever it needs to do to bless someone that we maybe have hurt or whatever it needs to do to protect us from someone who shouldn't be in our life. Our willingness is to master us and our divine connection with our soul, which ultimately masters the relationships that are in our life. And they're multifaceted, as I said. What type of relationship is immaterial? Personal relationships, which we'll get in next podcast, are a little bit different, but they can be even more intense. And in any event, regardless of who it is or, or how they're in our life, our soul, which is our divine connection to the creator, whatever created us, this universe, this planet, the divine DNA is right in our heart center. And the soul dwells in the heart center and up through the crown chakra. And it is constantly feeding us divine information from the other side so that we can be protected by filling up that whole auric energy around us. So we can disengage from people who should not be in our life. So we can disengage from harming someone else so that we can hear what directions we should take in work, in love, in everything. It is what will tell us whether we should be in a relationship or not. Absolutely will protect the solar plexus because it'll make us want to throw up if we're around somebody we shouldn't be. So that soul is a very invincible and powerful part of us that says, listen to me. Let me take you there. Let me guide you. I'm the light inside of you that will guide you where you need to be and who you need to be away from and who you can invite into your world. Who's going to be your your greatest adversary and who's going to be your greatest support. I will protect you and I will guide you. 
And that is the goal of the podcast and everything else we're going to do is to connect to the voice of the soul because it will empower you as an individual. It will empower all of us as a collective energy. It will empower us to create a brilliant consciousness that can diffuse the darkness of the bullies and the evil that has taken over the planet. And it will help us know what steps to take to make a difference, baby steps to big steps. And it will draw us together and lift us up together. And when we're not together as a group, is talking to us collectively through the power of our universal spiritual minds. You're never ever alone because you're connected to a divine network. And you're also connected to the divine ones who helped you find this planet in the first place. And you know what your mission is. You just forgot. And your soul will guide you back to remembering what it is. I love, love, love this quote I'm going to end with by Lawrence Vanderpost. Man is never alone. Acknowledged or unacknowledged, the soul which dreams through him is always there to support him from within and guide him to his greatest destiny. Love, love, love this quote. I'm going to read it again. Man is never alone. Acknowledged or unacknowledged, the soul which dreams through him is always there to support him from within and guide him to his greatest destiny. The soul which dreams through him. The soul is ready to manifest everything that we need and everything that we came here to accomplish. We need to open our spiritual ears and listen. We need to do what it tells us to do. We need to start with simple baby steps, whether it's writing a letter to the soul self, this divine self within and saying, help me, help me know what to do. It doesn't have to be anything huge. You can just ask and then ask it to guide you. It knows what you need. It is not so still of a small voice, but it's a voice within the voice of God, the voice of the creator, the voice of all divinity that is waiting to speak to you is waiting to tell you what you need is waiting to guide you to what is your destiny. It protects you from what you shouldn't have in your life. And it guides you to what you should, as long as you're listening. I used to say when I was speaking at key, if you had 10 minutes to spend with someone that you love on the other side, just 10 minutes to ask them questions about what they're doing and how they're doing. And you could write down what they had to say. Would you do it? Would you take that 10 minutes and just speak with them and let them talk to you? I don't know one person who's ever said, no, I'm not interested. Everybody wants to know something beyond what they know. They may not know that they want to know yet, but they will. We are always moved to changes in our life that will say, it's time to change. It's time to move. It's time to hear. And the soul is just waiting. It's waiting for us to listen to where it's going to guide us. And its most important mission is to make sure we're surrounded by the right relationships and mastering those relationships is learning to let your soul do the talking.
Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful night. Peace be with you. Peace.